Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. So this week, I started to read two pieces of research that really started to worry me. Uh, and I wanted to share this with you today. Ryan's not going to be joining us today, uh, but I wanted to share with you two pieces of research that I've recently read about what's happening with customer experience and the, the whole of the industry. The first one was from a, a research organization uh, called Nunwood. Um, they mainly focused in the UK, I believe. Um, and they were basically, they have a customer experience index, and this index basically showed that uh, improvements in customer experiences were not happening, uh, that the organizations that they'd been uh, surveying, uh, you know, have not improved their customer experience. The same um, uh, um, report uh, I read from Forrester. Uh, Forrester have an index, as I think everybody will be aware, and for three years in a row now, Again, there has been no improvement. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, the improvement between, um, and no improvement for the customer and therefore no improvement for the, for the, uh, organization. And that really worries me, uh, because I've been in customer experience now since, um, well, probably since about 1998, please, to, to be honest with you. I started with British Telecom. Uh, I, um, when I was working there, uh, put in place some big uh, programs, and then started Beyond Philosophy back in 2002. Uh, wrote my first book, Building Great Customer Experiences. And, uh, you know, I, I love customer experience as a topic. It's been very good to me. Um, and, you know, I, I want to give something back, which is part of the reason for uh, me talking to you today and uh, talking to you uh, over these podcasts. And I'm going to be quite hard with people today um, um I, and uh, the reason i want to be hard with people because i believe that we need to sort of shock ourselves back into some reality so i'm going to go through seven reasons why i think that customer experience is currently failing uh, and then i'm going to go through a number of reasons or a number of things that i think you need to do to improve your customer experience or need to improve the, the, the organization. Uh, so it's not just giving you a load of problems, uh, but hopefully some solutions, uh, uh, as well. So what are the big issues? And, you know, I've, I've over the 17 years I've been doing this, uh, I've seen obviously a lot of changes, you know, back in the day when I first started, people didn't even know what customer experience was about. Um, and, uh, um, I think, you know, that, that may be some of the cases of today, actually. Uh, but you know, what are the big issues that I'm seeing over, over the, the, um, over that period of time? And where are we today? I think the big issues that face us today that are causing some of the problems of not making these changes is the first issue is there is actually a lack of understanding at a senior level. And what I mean by senior level, I'm talking about VP and above. Ultimately, this is CEO. Uh, they run the company. It's their responsibility. It's all about leadership. So CEO, CMO, uh, CFO, um, you know, the C-suite. Um, there is a lack of understanding at the C-suite about what actually is customer experience and what this takes to improve things. Um, 
I, I think that they, you know, uh, the challenge with customer experience as a topic is everybody thinks they know what it's about. Everybody thinks that they understand it. And here's the reality. They don't. Okay. Now you, the listener, uh, have been listening to this podcast and, you know, you know that we're talking about much more advanced topics than most people are. And I, and I hope that's the reason why you're listening. Uh, but you're in the minority. Okay. The majority of people still think a customer experience is about rational things. And they've just started to realize that there are emotional things but they haven't got into the subconscious and psychological things that Ryan and I talk about on this podcast. And certainly, you know, the CX teams and, and customer experience teams have been put in place over the last, I don't know, five, seven years, something like that. Um, uh, you know, customer experience teams, this is a new function. And I think part of um, the issue is is that everybody's education needs to improve, but particularly the senior teams. Um, and uh, and and I think that there are ways that you can do that, and we'll talk a bit more about that later. The second issue is that because of this, and 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 let me, in fact, let me go back to the first issue. What I'm also seeing and have done for a number of years and written on this subject as well is. I'm seeing people jump on the bandwagon. I'm seeing um, organizations effectively going, well, everybody else is trying to improve their customer experience. We better do it. And then they employ some people to do it and, and they off they go and they start doing things, but they're not really committed to it at all. Um, they don't really want to make the change. And this comes back to this sort of the, this second area, which is, I don't see the C-suite CEOs or the CX teams being brave enough. I see them tinkering around at the edges if I was being unkind. Uh, I don't see the disruption that needs to happen in an organization to actually make these changes and actually make the improvements that we are talking about. Okay. Uh, and, and therefore, you know, for me, People have got to be brave. If you're having an argument internally, that is good because you're pushing the envelope. You're making a change in the way that the organization is, is thinking. And I don't see enough of that happening. Uh, I see people tinkering around at the edges, basically. And again, I'm being provocative and I make no apologies for being provocative, uh, but I'm trying to get everybody to think about this stuff and think about you know are you being disruptive enough is your organization being disruptive enough and by all means please play this podcast to people in your organization uh, and i hope it acts as a provocation to them number three cx teams are not empowered enough so because of these two other factors that i've just talked about the CX teams are given responsibility without authority, and that's a recipe for disaster. They're either compartmentalized in one part of the organization and all the other parts of the organization then ignore them, or they're given responsibility for the whole of the customer experience, but they can't tell people what to do. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying it's all about telling people what to do, uh, but ultimately you have to have some power. 
because if you don't, um, then, you know, uh, you've got a problem. So ideally, you know, the CEO would be giving them that power, either structurally in the organization or who they report to or through various different mechanisms. And again, I'm more than happy to talk to anybody about this subject. This is a subject that's near and dear to my heart. I've given 17 years of my life to this subject. So I'm more than happy to talk about uh, this with anybody that wants to contact us. So just ping us uh, at contact at beyondphilosophy.com. That's contact at beyondphilosophy.com. Uh, and I'm more than happy to have a conversation with anybody about this. So third thing is not being empowered enough. The fourth thing is that I see people tinkering around the edges. So, you know, we get, um, the, the way we run our business is, um, uh, people contact us. Okay. Uh, we don't go out and proactively seek, uh, organizations to, to come in and use our consultancy training services. Uh, they contact us. In fact, somebody said to me the other day, how do you segment your market? And I said, well, it's very simple. It depends who contacts us. Um, now, why am I telling you this? Because when I go into organizations, so we get a contact, uh, we go out and see, uh, obviously, the, the client, we start talking to them. And what I see is that, A, people don't understand what this actually takes. So we go through an education process of educating them what it means that they need to do and how they, they should go about it. But what I see all too often is organizations just tinkering around at the edges and just fixing small issues and then wondering why when they fix those small issues that they don't get big bumps in customer satisfaction. Well, here's the, here's the reason. You don't get a big bump in the customer satisfaction because you should have been doing it in the first place. Okay. Uh, and, and small things are not going to give you big results. You've got to start looking at changing these, these things. The other thing I, that I would say is that, you know, you've got to start to think about, um, how, how something that may, you know, opportunity areas, let me put it this way, that opportunity areas can actually be more important to focus on than fixing the things that are wrong. So all too often, what I see is everybody trying to fix things that are wrong. But actually, where the big bucks lie, where the real improvements lie, in it is in the opportunity areas and, and fixing those things. So the fourth thing is too many organizations tinker around at the edges. And I think that that, that sort of then ties into the lack of understanding of customer experience uh, across the organization. But unfortunately, and I know this is hard, within the customer experience teams themselves, too many customer experience teams still think about rational uh, things. They don't, they're just starting to think about emotional things, but certainly are not going into the stuff that we do on this podcast. Uh, and, you know, it goes back to that Einstein quote, which is, you can't solve today's problems you know, with yesterday's thinking or, or work, I know I've uh, uh, rearranged that quote somewhat, but you know, you, you need new thinking. So one of the things that Ryan and I, when we wrote uh, the last book, The Intuitive Customer, uh, the subtitle was um, seven imperatives to move your customer experience to the next level. Now, the next level for me is this is very important 
moving your customer experience to the next level. Now, what does that mean? Well, what it means is you've got to move your thinking to the next level. You've got to understand things more. You've got to move how you understand things to the next level. Uh, uh, and, and again, uh, I know I'm preaching to the choir um, because people listening to this podcast, I believe, are those people that are trying to move their thinking to the next level. But just think how many people outside of uh, this podcast uh, are not doing that. So, you know, I would encourage you um, to start to think about uh, how you can spread the message within your organization and get people to start to even listen to things like uh, this, this, this podcast. I think that's a, a, an important aspect of improving your experience uh, as well. So um, fifth thing, um, everybody wants a simple solution. Now, you know, if Ryan was here, he would tell us the psychological reasons why uh, everybody wants a simple solution. And, and we've talked about easy and we've talked about the intuitive thinking and rational thinking and all those other wonderful things. So we know human nature is like that. But what's happening is what I see is too many organizations think that buying a piece of software is going to solve the world's issues and they're going to become more customer focused. And, and typically what I'm seeing is vendors of, uh, voice of the customer software saying, uh, or is certainly implying that improving the customer experience, you know, buy this software and you'll improve your customer experience. Well, let me be clear. You won't. Okay. If you don't solve some of the fundamental issues that your organization has, that installing the software, which let me hasten to add, I think is a good thing. Okay. So I think that these, these software solutions that are being provided are good, but it's only part of the problem. Okay. It's only part of the issue. And the organization starts to think that improving customer experience is about implementing this software but they haven't got the strategy in place. They haven't redesigned their experiences. They haven't done anything that's disruptive. So, you know, as usual with life, there are no simple solutions out there. There just aren't, okay? And if you think there's a simple solution to it, then you're wrong. And you actually shows me that you don't understand because this stuff is tough. We're so pleased that you're listening to this episode of The Intuitive Customer. As a listener, we want to offer you a free download of Colin's ebook, Unlocking the Hidden Customer Experience. Take advantage of this free offer being made available only to listeners of this podcast. Do it now. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast and follow the link for the free book. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. That leads us on to number six. Uh, and number six is about focusing on the things people are not focusing on the things that drive value okay so people are not focusing on the things that drive value so let me be really clear and again really blunt with you the c-suite want return they want numbers they want to see customer satisfaction going up they want to see loyalty going up they want to see spend going up they want to see market share going up and i totally agree with them okay that's your job that's what people should be doing, okay? So you've got to focus on the things that drive value. Now, again, for those people who listen to this podcast regularly will know that there is a difference, and this is the irony, there is a difference between what customers tell you will drive value 
and what actually drives value. Okay, so difference between what customers say that they're going to do and what they actually do. So people who may have heard me say, you know, Disney know that people when they are Disney know when they ask their customers what they would like to eat at a theme park. Disney know that people say they'd like to have an option of a salad. Disney also know people don't eat salads when they go to theme parks. They eat hot dogs and hamburgers. So the key issue here is if you filled your park full of salads, you would have an awful lot of salads left at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what you've got to do is you've got to understand what truly drives value. Now, we provide a, 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 a piece of research which we call the emotional signature. This is not a, a plug for that. I'm sure that there are other organizations that you could speak to about these things. But the emotional signature looks at two things. It looks at what customers say that they want, the desired, and it also looks at what drives value. And therefore, the issue becomes this. If you think of a four-box model, yeah, bottom is what customers say they want, the desired uh, vertical line uh, is what drives value. So what you get in the top right-hand corner is you get what we call the conscious, which is the things that customers say that they want and you can prove drive value. So great, you, you know, those things are to, to focus on. But here's the mistake I think organizations make. They focus on the things that customers say that they want but don't actually drive value, okay? So just because customers have said that this is a problem in their experience and they've, you know, they've even written a complaint about it, it doesn't mean to say that by fixing it, it's going to drive a lot of value. What we've discovered over the years of doing this is the top left-hand box, there is the things that customers don't tell you that, or they don't tell you that they want them, they're not necessarily desired, but they drive an awful lot of value. And what we've discovered over the years is these tend to be the emotional subconscious things. So customers don't articulate that they want them, but they drive an awful lot of value. And therefore, what I see is organizations focusing on things that don't necessarily drive value. And when I go in to see clients and I say to us, what are you doing to improve your experience? They tell me that they're doing all these things. And I ask them, how is this linked to value? Can you show me the, you know, the evidence that say that improving the, the experience will drive value? They can't show me it. Okay. So whenever we start a program off, we start a program off with this emotional signature, which looks at what are the things that are truly driving value, which may be different to what customers are, are telling you. So I, I appreciate that there is a bit of a dichotomy there, but this stuff works. Okay. The, if I looked at some, uh, some, so, some statistics from some of our clients, okay, you know, uh, Merce line improved their net promoter score by some 40 points over 30 months that led to a 10% rise in shipping volumes. Okay. So big improvements. Uh, and you know, you can imagine now you go into your, 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 your CEO and go, I've improved our net promoter score by 40 points over 30 months and increased our shipping volumes by 10%. Okay. You know, true hard facts. Imagine if that was now you were reporting that in the Forrester or the Numwood see, um, um, index, you could start to see that, that those indexes would, would go up dramatically. Another client of ours, Rico, uh, improved their net promoter score by 34 points in 30 months 
and grew their shipping volumes by 10% in a, sh- uh, in a shrinking shipping, uh, uh, <laughs> shrinking printer marketplace. So again, you know, these are the type of numbers. These are the types of things that you need to be able to, to, to quantify. Uh, and these are the types of things that your CEO and your C level will then support you and give you more money for. And what I see is this is not happening. Okay. And why these, this is not happening is, uh, for all the reasons that I'm uh, articulating here. And the last one I think is, uh, it's being, it's difficult to be a profit in your own land. So number seven is it's difficult being a profit in your own land. Now, let me tell you a, a story. When I was back in uh, BT, we were implementing this large CRM system. Uh, and I was in charge of um, defining it and then uh, implementing it and blah, 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 blah. And I was finding it really difficult to to get my, the, my colleagues um, on board with this. So the rest of the senior management team are on board with this. And the CEO pulled me to one side one day and basically said, he said, look, Colin, he said, I think what we need to do is we need to uh, get in a, a consultant to help do this. Uh, and I said, look, you know, I, I disagreed. I, I, I thought that, you know, we could do this internally. And he said, look, I totally understand and I totally believe that you've got the skills to do it. But the reality is it's difficult being a prophet in your own land. And and whilst I didn't like it, I accepted it. And you know what? It was 100% correct, okay? Sometimes somebody coming in from the outside who can turn around and say, your baby's ugly, yeah, who can cut through all the politics, who may be even articulating the same things that you're articulating, but unfortunately, like it or not, it has a big effect, okay? So, you know, we, and we do this a lot. There are other uh, consultants that do it as well, I'm sure, but we do this a lot, yeah? We go into organizations and we can have those hard conversations uh, and we can then start to set the goals in the right way. We help uh, educate the, the, the senior team on what they should be doing and where they should be going and all those other wonderful things. But it is difficult being a problem uh, or being a profit in your own own land. So those are the seven things that I think are the, the, the issue. So just to go through them again, a lack of senior management understanding of what this takes, CEOs and the C-suites not being brave enough, not being disruptive enough, CX teams not being empowered enough, um, tinkering around at the edges, you know, not not really fixing uh, big issues, uh, but just fixing small issues. Everybody wanting a simple solution and there isn't one out there and, you know, too many people just buy software, uh, voice of the customer software, that type of thing, and think that that's going to solve the problem not focusing on the things that really drive value, you know, and and, and, and getting that return. And lastly, uh, it's difficult being a profit in your own land. So, okay, so those are the problems. So what is it I think that you need to do? Um, here are the things that I think that the, that the organization needs to do. First of all, they need to get, you need to get your senior team to understand this stuff. Now, ideally, you would send them on a five-day training course but we all know they wouldn't attend. So by definition, you've got to do it in a different way. It, by sending them this podcast, by getting them to listen to different podcasts, by getting them to, li- to watch videos, 
by getting them to attend conferences, uh, by getting uh, consultants like myself to come in and talk to them uh, about things, um, by uh, sending them stuff that's happening in their organization as examples of what they need to do to change, uh, other case studies of what they need to do, lots and lots of things. And again, you know, uh, as I've said to you, I'm genuinely more than happy to to talk to you about it. So just ping us at uh, contact at beyondphilosophy.com uh, if you if you want any help with any of that stuff, um, because I'm passionate about it. So, you know, getting the senior team to understand it, getting them educated uh, is key. Second thing is, I think you've really got to be disruptive. If you're not disruptive, you're not doing your job. So, you know, you've really got to start to think of how how disruptive can I be? What are the things that I can do to change? Is this change going to be really big enough or am I tinkering around the edges? Now, you know, let me be clear. If you're happy tinkering around the edges, then fine, tinker around the edges. But don't fool yourself into the fact that you're going to improve your customer experience dramatically. And don't be surprised that um, in, a, in a couple of years' time, your CEO starts going, why have we got these people? What are they doing? They're not making the changes that we think that we need to make. You've got to, by definition, then focus on the things that drive value. And we, we talked about that. Um, undertaking research uh, about what drives value is key. Next thing is focusing on uh, the parts of the organization that will work with you. So, you know, uh, uh, there's no point trying to push water uphill. What you've really got to do is you've got to focus on the parts of the organization that are willing to work with you. Prove that it works. Be disruptive in those parts of the organization. Prove that it works. Uh, and then you'll you'll be surprised how many uh, other parts of the organization that were anti it to start off with uh, then start to come in and, and talk to you about it. Next one is put in place the measures. So Glenn Lafferty, who is the president and CEO of Rico, um, and who, you know, uh, we helped improve their net promoter score by 34 points in 30 months that gave them a 10% rise in printer sales, would tell you that measurement is key i remember having a conversation with glenn where he said that he wished he'd improved he wished he'd made the changes on measurement that he did two years previously because they would have made much more substantial changes quicker and what glenn did which i think is absolutely best practice is he issued customer experience measures across the whole of the organization so for every person in the organization, whether they were IT, whether they were sales, whether they were um, finance, HR, everybody had uh, a customer experience measure. Um, and, and, and making those measures really does change behaviors. It's difficult to do, but it really makes those changes. As I mentioned before, you know, educating people, um, sending people on training courses is clearly great. Getting people to think about webinars is clearly great. Um, you know, getting um, consultants to come in and run workshop is clearly great. Okay, um, but just impromptu um, education, podcasts, sending those round, blogs, sending those round, but improving that education. And finally, the thing I would say uh, finally would be, if you're not disrupting the organization, uh, I would leave. Okay, now 
I know we've, I know that's easy to say. I know we've all got mortgages to pay and all those other wonderful things, but you are not going to make the changes that need to be made if you don't make some big changes. And you know what's going to happen in my view? If you're not disruptive enough, if you don't make the changes that, that affect value, then ultimately your job is going to change. And personally, I would be rather in charge of that than, than not. And what I mean by that is I would rather leave and join an organization that is true, truly committed to making the changes where I can be disruptive. So again, I'm sorry I'm being hard, uh, but I, I think it's really needed to shift the thinking, um, with, uh, with organizations, uh, today. So I hope that's been useful. I'm sorry it, um, uh, may, I say may have come across as being a bit hard, but uh, I, I, I really am passionate about this subject and, and I really want to make sure that organizations are successful. Uh, and I think that, um, looking at all of these things that we've talked about today is going to be vital, um, to move the organization to the next level of, of thinking. Uh, so, I hope that's okay. And um, if you've got any questions, as I've said to you before, please just ping them to us on contact at beyondphilosophy.com. I'm more than happy to get back to you and uh, uh, and answer any questions that you may have. Um, and Ryan and I will look forward to um, uh, our further conversations in, in uh, as the year goes on. So thanks very much. Bye-bye. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer. <laughs>